I'm Jimmy Lewis, and this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, the dirt bike podcast where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. For episode number 41 of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, we have world-famous 11-time Baja 1000 champion Johnny Campbell sitting in the show, dropping advice. I have to tell him why I have a few Husabergs. He tells me why I shouldn't get a KTM 525. And then we get into how Dakar racers manage to function on minimal sleep, among a lot of other things. There might even be some famous people in the audience tonight that throw through jibs at us. So you're really going to have to listen to this show. This show is brought to you by DDC Racing. That's Delaney Drive Components. They're makers of very strong, durable, chromoly, chrome-plated sprockets. If you've seen these things, they look like Swiss cheese. They're super light for a steel sprocket. They last forever. They come with a one-year warranty, and they are built by riders who really care about keeping riding areas open. So if you're interested in some good drive systems parts, check out ddcracing.net. That's Delaney Drive Components. Along with, Climb has been with this show since the beginning, and I really appreciate that. What I like even better is that the gear is super awesome. I've been wearing it since the beginning. Uh, it's evolved a bunch. It's very durable, um, really good fitting. They have features on their gear that are pretty much uh, industry leading. And I appreciate that because that's what I wear when I get to do fun stuff and I'm comfortable and I like almost everything that they make. So if you are looking for a change of gear or you're looking for the best gear, I think uh, you won't be disappointed by trying Climb. So give them a look. And Taco Moto. So you've heard us talk about Taco Mike on the show. He's been a guest host a few times. Taco Moto Co., that's how you find him on the web, sells a lot of the kind of cool and unique tuning products that you need to get your emissions-compliant bike running up to snuff. So if you have questions, he has answers. And he can also sell you the stuff. So if we can't answer the question here, which we hope we can, maybe he can answer the question over there. And he can also sell you the parts that you might need to get your, especially KTM or Husky dual sport bike uh, running like a champ. Anyways, it's tacomoto.co. Now, here's the show.
Okay, it's uh, 7.01. It's amazing we got started semi on time. Uh, big day here uh, at, at the, uh, the JLR facility. Um, we're doing a little rally training out here. And uh, unbeknownst to him, 11-time uh, Baja 1000 champion, Baja winner, Mr. Baja on the Honda, Johnny Campbell, uh, is gracing me with his presence here tonight uh, on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. So that was the 11-time uh, joke that I made earlier on the, the forum. He's here. Um, are you babysitting? Uh, yeah, kind of. Kind of a little bit of babysitting? Somebody's got to babysit you. Yeah. <laughs> so he's babysitting me while I try to... Uh, what do I do with you, Ricky? Don't F with you? Make you get lost. <laughs> so... It's all part of rally training. So we're going to try to keep Ricky from uh, giving out riding tips tonight because uh, um, he had a big following of people wanting more riding tips. Uh, and we have – how many people are in here? One, two, three, four, eight, nine people? Ten? Pretty good. Um, we're going to take calls a little bit later on in the show. So um, uh, George, who's usually on top of this stuff, is probably going to type in the phone number. You remember the phone number, George? Because I sure don't, but I'm going to look it up real quick. It's uh, 775. What are the other numbers? Right? So you know the other thing that a, that a co-host does in the show, Johnny? I'll just tell you because you've probably never watched this janky little podcast before. Um, so your job is to talk just enough so that I can pour myself a tequila and then drink it. We can handle it. Yeah, I have this other co-host named Logan, and he says, I think he, what's his vocabulary, 16 or 17 words now? He's up to 17. 17, yeah, and um, he can, he can, I can actually get everything I need, so tonight, everybody always wants to know what we're drinking tonight. Tonight, courtesy of Faye Campbell, uh, we have a little bit of the Hornitos. Oh, yeah. yeah. You no. like this, Johnny? There we go. Yeah, no. Well, and you'll have plenty of time to talk because I talk too much about myself usually. But I even have something special for you because you're that's Off Road Hall of Fame. Aren't you oh, in yeah. that? Oh, yeah. A little yeah. Off Road Hall of Fame. Yeah, so you can have that glass. And since I'm not that popular or famous, I have a, a blank one. And, and you can actually do the honors and pour the first one. So, what we do on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday is we answer your motorcycle and motorcycle related questions. Of course, we've all had um, some pretty good uh, tacos. Uh, George actually got some pizza, and and I have a whole list of questions from uh, last week's show, which meant it was too confusing. And uh, cheers, by the way. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, you know, you don't shoot this stuff. This is sipping tequila. Thanks to our uh, bartender, Janie, um, who uh, did pretty good at... Uh, Getting us the big taco kit for we're we're at over fifty tacos tonight. Is there anything left? Kendall and Kendall over there is looking really hungry. <laughs> so, Working guy. Yeah, he's out there changing mooses and um, you know oil and doing all the prep, practicing prepping. So uh, yeah, factory mechanics practice too. So. Uh, Anyways, uh, episode number 41, uh, glad everybody's joining us. Um, George, I think, you're, um, I think your uh, top rating show is going down. <laughs> yeah, it's only 35, but I'm expecting a few more. We just announced it, and we, we, everybody knows not to listen to the first like 10 minutes of this, because it's all just useless banter. So uh, 
Um, That's my favorite part, though. Uh, we got to get to the technical questions because people really, really uh, appreciate this bald guy here giving him honest, honest advice. So um, uh, this, this is the one I actually missed from last time. I wish I'd got to it. Hello, I'm writing you from Greece. That's true. I'm interested in a TM EN 300 2020, but there is so little information about it. I have a dilemma between the carb and the injection, which is said to be familiar with KTM. I think he meant similar, but we'll go with that. I like the late technology inside of me. I can lean against the injector, but after all these problems, all we heard and seen about the tips, I'm hesitant. That's where you start getting the... uh, the uh, language barrier there or the translator coming into play. Um, on the other hand, knowing that after 2024, all the manufacturers will have to go to injection, I feel that a carburetor will keep me back. I heard that TIPS requires change of fuel filter after 20 hours and a change of oil pump after 80 hours. Um, I haven't heard that, but uh, yeah, I mean, you hear a lot of things. Did you hear it on YouTube? <laughs> like you're probably hearing this. <laughs> Anyways, um, even the more expensive park spark plug needs to be changed. That was true on the very first year of the KTM uh, TPI bike. They had a very expensive park pl- spark plug, but they went back to a normal one, by the way. All these extra injection parts and sensors that need to be checked and changed after some hours come with opposite the idea of how low-cost maintenance of two-strokes. Okay. I read that 2020 KTM EXC, uh, your XCW, finally runs and is perfect in every section. My concern is, will TM run as good as a KTM as it uses the same technology, but has one year less on the market? Uh, I can't answer that until I ride one. Ricky's looking really confused. He's totally confused. (laughs) You don't ride two-strokes, and you don't ride TMs, so it doesn't matter, right? Um Dirtbike Mag has tested it in November issue, but potential buyers need a comparison test. Now, if you ask me, why do you want to buy a TM while you know that the KTM is perfect? The answer is it costs 1,500 euros more. (laughs) I'm comparing a TM with KTM 6 days version. And I used to have two KTMs before I feel I want to change brand. Do you all experts there happen to have any information about the TM's injection system and durability? Please share your thoughts and knowledge with me. Thanks in advance, Demetrius. What do you think, Johnny? Well, Demetrius, I'll drink to that. (laughs) Nice. I think Johnny has less TM experience than I do. I actually raced a pink TM80. It was a full-sized, you know, it was a full-size bike. It was a 125 with the 80 motor in it. I used to race it at those SRA Grand Prix. They used to do that. They used to do that class in six days, right? Yeah, they had yeah. full-size 80 class. Full-size 80. I mean, I remember like Rossler and yeah, guys Larry raced one in '89, uh, I believe. Um, yeah. But uh, so I, I don't have any experience with them. I know the TM importer has been racing um, an enduro version. Uh, out at the motocross races at Glen Helen locally. I think motocross action had some information about the bike, very little, because I don't think he was giving it up. Also, what I'm told is that TM is such a small manufacturer that they are probably not going to be bringing too many of the fuel-injected bikes into the United States right away because there's such a demand for them over in Europe. I looked at the pictures I could see, and it looks like a 
you know, like the KTM system, tr- uh, transfer port injection. I don't know how patented that is and how much they'll have to alter it to make it different enough to get by those patents, but I don't think that they would release something that's really that much worse than their carburetor because it's going to get a bad rap. I mean, I mean, they may have to in some senses, and they, and they may be, you know, kind of like trying to get it done to, you know, do some development, you know, on the fly or at least have it there, but if you have all the components, this is what I've learned with that kind of stuff. If you have all the components in place, generally it becomes a programming thing. And with the ECUs being able to be flashed and stuff like that, you can probably bring yours up to uh, a more standard. But, like, why in the world would you want to buy a TM? Except to be different like I usually am. That's why I have Husabergs, by the way. So um, I, I saw one of those once, too. I got two of them out there. Do you, did I tell you how fast it is? Oh, that was one of the ones I saw. That thing rips, Johnny. I mean, it makes it makes Ricky's factory rally bike kind of look sluggish. Yeah. yeah. Like, it leaves a deeper trench in the ground every time I turn the throttle at Husaberg. It must, must be rider air. <laughs> rider air. So, anyways, um, no, I, I and that's that's kind of that's why they make those white KTM's and that's why they that's why there's brands like Beta and TM and Sherco and a lot of cuz everybody wants some variety and um I am all about that and the TM's have always been like they've been like factory bikes and not only that they look trick and they are kind of trick and a lot of stuff but John you can answer this factory bikes need a lot of nitpicking and tuning and maintenance and attention they don't call them works bikes for nothing. I guess, you know, Kendall can attest to that. Works bikes require work. And there's nothing stock about them because a stock bike, you know, you build and the customer can pretty much ride the thing and do very little maintenance. And, you know, it's, they're pretty good. They're durability proven. When you have a works bike, you know, those things are hot rod, you know, gnarly bikes that, each part is special, and things are, you know, sometimes on a works bike, they're not even precision. It's just like, it's really trick, but it's not perfected, you know, it's part yeah, of it. Yeah, well, it's it's meant to be tuned for that rider. It's like an, it's like a blank, I mean, I've ridden a few different works bikes, and some of them are the worst bikes I've ever ridden, and some of them are really good, but I would hope they would be the best one for the rider they're intended to, they're, it's like a custom. It's like a oh, fully yeah. custom. They're they're. You know, well, like the HRC rally bike, it's Formula One. You know, those things oh, yeah. are really special. You know, and so, but yeah, Kendall, you, you need to get out there and start working on it more. Works <laughs> bike, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, um, but anyways, I I always kind of like this question because I've always been a kind of a fan of uh oh. Hey, um, hopefully we're we're back. <laughs> we're back. We were talking about why why we like weird bikes, or so every TM I've ever ridden um, uh, needed to be jetted. Like I had to jet the carburetor, so it wouldn't surprise me that you have to alter <laughs> you play around with the fuel injection and stuff. But they were like factory bikes. I also almost every TM I've ridden, I felt like I wanted to revalve the suspension, and that's not the case with uh, many of the bikes I ride these days. But they looked trick, so. Uh, yeah, hopefully, Demetrius, we answered your question all the way from Greece. Thanks for watching. Um, I hope we are the number one most popularist podcast in, in Greece about motorcycles, of course. Right? 100%. 100%. Let's do it. Remember when we raced at Baja, Spain? Yeah, Baja, Spain. 2001. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That would that was that that's I've seen races like that in Greece before. Yeah. So it was a pretty sweet race. Hey, wait, Skylar's here. Skylar, didn't you race in Greece? Yeah. Didn't you try to break some rocks with your head in Greece? <laughs> Just the dirt. Just the dirt. <laughs> How is it? How's the ride? The riding over there is good, I've heard. Yeah, the, the, the riding the mountains and all that kind of stuff is good, but the, the people and the foods and all that is even better. Oh, all so right. big props to Greece. Skylar Howes is here. He did a uh, rally over there not too long ago and uh, gave us some info on that. So uh, this question is for you, Johnny. Um $11,000 for a dirt bike is insane. And this is Dan Grease, and he's complaining about the uh, KTM 350 that we did a test on. He said, I just bought a brand-new CRF250L for $39.99, and I only have to cho- change the oil every 8,000 miles. So $11,000 is too much? Yeah, insane? that's what he says. It's insane. Well, you think about if you're... St- you know, stuck in like 1980s or something. Yeah, you, you look at that and it's like, oh my gosh, eleven. I didn't know you could get a CRF 250L for four thousand yeah. dollars. That's pretty. In- that's 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 I, I insane. Think, I think that's insane. Yeah, yeah, but but you still have a CRF 250L. Did you get a title? <laughs> yeah. Did you get <laughs> Did you get a title? Yeah, that's a good question. Hey, um, uh, I I don't know if I ever the, the intervals are not eight thousand miles on that bike. Are they? They could be, huh? No, I think the that the durability on the 250L could oh it could e- yeah it could easily, easily handle that things, yeah no those, no I I would I would probably change it every six just to be you know, safe those things were built like XR so yeah yeah with water cooling but eleven thousand dollars you know you got to consider what you get for the technology and and what's what's in the bike you know um, there's most yeah what are there so so just let's say let's just say talking Baja because you're you're a Baja guy let's just say. Um, what other vehicle could you just go and buy stock at at even close to that kind of price range? And other than putting whatever their little required tracker on zip tie on your spokes, you can pretty much take off and go race the Baja One Thousand. Yeah, absolutely. I any any Honda product you can, you know, just put some heavy duty tubes in, and you can go and compete in the Baja One Thousand, no problem. Yeah. And I mean, a UTV, you have to reinforce the roll cage and do all this, and that'd be the next cheapest level. Yeah, and totally. then you're and then you're racing against guys with hundred thousand dollar UTVs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at, at the same time, a CRF two fifty L could line up and go around the Baja one thousand and be flawless as well. It's just a different level, and it's it's just a different. Uh, you know, you have a that almost be as dumb as racing an XR one hundred. I don't the know Baja five hundred. Experience, uh huh, with your brother, by the way. <laughs> um, but hey, you know what? The, the CRF 250L is an awesome bike, and I'm glad you're stoked on it. And I hope that in two years, you're going to be wondering where you can get eleven thousand dollars to buy the next thing. That's what supports like the industry that we live in. In reality, is in there's no way you could spend that extra seven or eight thousand dollars and bring the performance level up to what you're getting with another bike. And until and, and at that, that point, you know, the fact that you have to change your oil maybe every 1,000 miles or 2,000 miles, you know, you have to, um, is a, a kind of a different story. But hopefully, uh, yeah, Darren, um, yeah, good on you for saying that we're insane for riding around on $11,000 dirt bikes because I think those things are insane. Yeah. So um, we might not even have to go to calls tonight, Gabe. I think we're going to have enough questions in the in the chat room. Yeah. Uh, Jim Doyle asks, Jimmy, I have a question. 
That's what we're here for. <laughs> uh, I own a DRZ 400 and an XR 400. Hey, remember those days, those those times when we used to go riding and I had the DRZ 400 and you had the XR 400? Yeah, I could kick your butt. <laughs> no, you could kick your XR 400. Because <laughs> what did I used to do all the time? Kick my butt. No, I used to stop on the side of the hill. When 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 your Kickstarter was on the uphill side of the hill, yeah. <laughs> I used to stop anytime I could when there was no space to, you know, off camber, there's no way to kickstart the bike. I'd stop, turn around and do the like, cut it off, Johnny, you know, give it a clip it. And he's like, what? And I'm like, we're going to ride up this trail. And I push the button and take off. <laughs> this is my doing. So I did that with you and Bruce a couple of times just to rub in like, I love electric starters because they were, you know, Honda was so anti-electric start at the time. Right. <laughs> so right. anyways, back to the question, right? Uh, DR is street legal and the XR is my woods bike. I know they're very similar bikes. Well, one has an electric start and the other one, <laughs> uh, doesn't overheat ever cause it's made air cooled. I'm thinking about selling both towards a 450 L or a 500 EXC or maybe even a WR 450. So my question is, is the 500 as reliable as the XR or DR longevity wise? What do you think? Um, I don't think it's as durable as the air-cooled XR. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't. Things like a generator. Yeah, I don't think anything going. is, but then, like, a lot of times when people start talking about durability, you know, it's like, are they really going to, like, wear out a KTM 500 or a Yamaha WR or even a CR450L? It, it just, you know, it really depends on your riding interval. And it's like, yeah, we know people that wear out motorcycles. Yeah. You know, but I think a, a, a general customer, man – They'll get a lot of miles out of the 500. Out of, out of any of those bikes. Any of them. Yeah. And and then he goes, oh, and is the KTM 525 a good bike in comparison to the 500 in reliability, et cetera? No. The 525 specifically, because it just, that, that engine, that's the higher horsepower one. If you buy the 400, I'd say yes. Uh, you know, but the 525, they ran a little bit hot. I've got a couple of them, and they're my least reliable um, things or should I just buy a two-stroke? He's <laughs> just going down which bike to buy road, and keep the four hundreds. Um, I live in the Sierras, mostly ride tight single track in the Nevada desert. Not often on the highway, but I like the option. I also like to ride for hours at a time, and two strokes are limited on fuel. Thanks and love your show. Uh, boy, you're easy to please. I mean, about loving the show, but your bike question is, I would say, um. Boy, what do I? What would I do? Would I keep all those old piles of crap and get a new two-stroke, or would I just get a one KTM five hundred and just have one bike for everything? That's the that's the question. It's like uh, how many how many bikes do you want to have riding in your garage while you ride your new one all the time, and uh, just in case you <laughs> ride the old one or you just want to have one bike and ride all the time that's uh that's my guess you know i kind of like this guy he's he likes to ride ride all sorts of different things single track long desert rides yeah tell him you, you should buy that one and uh yeah i mean quite frankly the one i would pick is the crf 450l <laughs> right on that was a good plug wasn't it <laughs> so yeah uh it's a do-it-all machine for all those conditions b hoopman says how do i know when you're on live well, if you're watching right now, um, you know, we're on you live. know yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday is on live generally when the doesn't the feed doesn't cut out on Facebooks on the Dirt Bike Test page. Um, so, like right now, 
and then and then when Gabe gets his ass in here um, to edit it down, sometimes it actually goes up on Wednesday, sometimes Thursday, maybe on Friday, and then uh, and now he's giving me this funny look, like, oh, come on, man, be cool. <laughs> he's working to the level he's getting paid. Um, so am I, actually. <laughs> so uh, let's see. What is a good cheap trail bike to work on balance drills? I ride with my nine-year-old, uh, I, and to ride with my nine-year-old when he gets a bike that will translate to my 1090. <laughs> That's a big jump. That's a big jump, yeah. <laughs> so I would suggest not putting your nine-year-old on the 1090 right away. Um, maybe uh, maybe buy the other guy's XR400 that he's going to sell first. Yeah, you should give it a Joe. Um, man, uh it just well now you have to pay to put your bikes on Craigslist. You know that? I used to say like cost five bucks to list a bike on Craigslist anymore. Yeah. Nothing's free for every ever. Yeah. Um. So I would just look around on the the used bikes and just find I find something that looks stock that looks like it just got parked in the garage for a while. Learn how to clean a carburetor. Um. Yeah. I there's tons of them out there. Doesn't really matter. And uh, yeah, really. I mean. It, any bike is a balanced bike. As long as it's two wheels, it's balanced. And that's one of the keys to to success uh, on any dirt bike and being safe and being able to control your machine is balance. So really, to me, it doesn't matter which two wheel you have, just practice balance. Yeah. They, they all weigh the same when they're balanced. At least the bike does, you know, as far as tipping over when they're balanced side to side. Um, Kyle Shively commented was there more to this video it seems like it cut out earlier when you were talking about strawberry scented oil uh probably it probably cut out with their internet connections i might, i had a guy come over here and work on it and then he um took off and um went where did he go like he ditched the country alriaz yeah fully ditched the country i got computers that are opened up there's boxes and servers hanging out and lights <laughs> flashing up in the corner i don't know what any of this stuff does i i ride motorcycles uh george 70 people by the way you were up to 80 yeah we we're up to 80 and then it cut out so somebody just asked who is this guy and it just interrupted i just cursed myself what did you do just tap into my internets again <laughs> cut him down um who is this this guy here this is johnny campbell uh Baja 1000 winner 11 times. Uh, you you were an XR400 guy. Not really. You hated him, didn't you? No, I rode him. I trail rode him with you. <laughs> All the time. I did prefer my 600. Though. I know. I remember you threw your XR400 off a cliff. Well, you were taking me down the cliff. and It was easier was than kinda, riding down it? <laughs> I couldn't balance too good. Yeah. I, I Yeah. <laughs> you were an XR600 guy. That was for sure. Uh, Brad Lou asks, one of... The bald guys buys, reviews the bike, then raffles them off. He used to buy, then ride, sell at a loss. I'd wager a bag of sunflower seeds that he might end up net positive and help fund the next series of bikes. Um, but I hope that is the case. Man, uh, yeah, that business model is um, not really sure. What's We're cutting out again? I'm still live here. Just cut out for you. I think you guys all in here are using your phones, and it's somehow blasting, is blowing the internets up, uh, not on my system, but on someone else. But anyways, um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of bald guys out there that do a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, mine just froze up here too. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just one of them. Uh, no different than the others. We all have a little place on YouTube. I'm just not following the rules as far as trying to, you know, raffle off things. And um, I, I guarantee you I could get a ton more followers if I'd raffle off my Husaberg 570. Because, I mean, like, do you know how many people want to ride a bike with that much horsepower? Uh, lots. <laughs> Kendall, hey, you used to give me stuff about the Husaberg, didn't you? Back in the day? Oh, back in the day? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. We'd ride it off cliffs. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, why do you, Jimmy, why do you keep riding this bike? And now he knows because it's like got a lot of horsepower. Um, let's see. Uh, which four-stroke is most flame-out or stall-resistant? Mainly talking about any full-size off-road or dual sport bike, new or old. What four-stroke is best for tight technical single track? Um, those are two different questions. Actually, I guess the one that 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 flames out would probably be. I don't did. Well, um, I think like most modern-day motocross bikes for trail riding are kind of difficult to ride. They're horrible, and they they're just high-strung with a tall first gear, and they're so. They're not the best trail riding bikes, so they do flame out. Or you could, they don't flame out, they, you know, they stall. But. Stall, yeah. Bob likes the term flame out. He invented it. That, that's an old carburetor type term or something. No, but turbines. You don't exist. You're a ghost. <laughs> so, yeah, you want us to turn the camera around? No? <laughs> do you want to see him run? <laughs> All it takes is turning the camera around. Um, so yeah, generally bikes that, that stall quite a bit are, you know, geared high. Um, and then sometimes generally I find that when guys put like, um, you know, mufflers on and they don't do any tuning on the, uh, on the fuel side of it, whether it's carbureted or fuel injected, uh, they tend to do that as well. Um, uh, especially bikes that sit around a lot cause the pilot jets and, or they have bad gas in them. Those tend to flame out. So stall and, um, but, uh, yeah. What's the best one for tight technical single track? What's the best one for tight technical, tight technical single track, Johnny? I don't know. That, uh, CRF 250L is not so bad. Right. Easy, I agree. Easy ride, low C height, yep. doesn't flame out ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just, I guess it depends on your inseam and your riding ability. Um, you know, it's, there's you, a you lot. You should have said CRF 250L. Well, there's a lot of great bikes I did. Yeah. Earlier, yeah. <laughs> so tight technical single track. Um, I We did a two, uh, 250 four-stroke um, uh, comparison uh, last year that talks a lot about that stuff, so which is the best one for that. And then you, if you have a problem, if it's related to your clutching ability, um, I'm pointing at my hat right now. It says recluse <laughs> on it. So, um, hey, you know what I'm testing? I got some of recluse's new oil. So let's open up a can of worms and talk about oil, right? It's one of the hot topics on the show. <laughs> I don't know anything about oil. I called in experts for that. Mogman150 says, great review. I am still having trouble getting an answer about the XC versus XCW. I live in the high desert, but also write te technical tree wooded trails. Currently riding a 1987 KTM 350 Enduro. <laughs> uh, you know what? You don't need to care about XC or XCW. If you buy something from the last century, you're going to be in a whole different world uh, at, at, at this point. Yeah. Um, 
Ricky says he'll take you and your KTM 350 on some technical single track in the high desert. <laughs> and he'll ride his rally bike. Yeah, he'll ride his rally bike. Um, yeah. Um, so my thing is the more you're looking at going faster, the more you're looking to do a motocross trail, look at XC. The more you're talking about single track, the more you're talking about really technical stuff, XCW. It's pretty simple. The only place it gets confusing is when you want to go really fast, like fast, fast. The XCW actually has a, a gearbox that kind of appreciates that a little bit more, but um, most people are never really in sixth gear uh, wide open, so that doesn't really count. Although we all dream of it, unless you're on a Husaberg, and then things so fast, so fast, and you, that you can't get four gears. Yeah, you only need the first four. The last, <laughs> the other ones are in there just like to, to throw oil around the cases. Uh, Rico Kogenlingenberg. Is that how you say that? Say that. I can't even see it. Oh. <laughs> Maybe, oh, I, saw, maybe I, I have a better drink. I saw, I saw your phone. You can pour another one. I, for me, I saw um, – yeah, I saw your phone, how big the letters are. Do you guys run the stock Maxxis tires? He's asking about the KTM 300 test. And no, in the U.S., they don't come with the Maxxis tires. They come with Dunlops. So, no, we didn't run the stock Maxxis tires. And I'm not sure exactly which ones they, they come with over there. So, answer is No. Michael Pounds asks, hey, Jimmy, what can you tell us about using a torque plate between the reed valves and the carb on a two-stroke? I bought a used 07 KTM 200 XCW with this spacer installed. What does it do? Also, I noticed there is a bald guy on YouTube who gives away dirt bikes, has a podcast, and offers riding lessons for free. Is this a friend? (laughs) Well, I think one of the bald guys was one of the big proponents of those torque plates, which basically they just put these – well, actually, which, is he talking about the, the the long fans or the spacers? Pro- probably the spacer, yeah. Because what were the what were the things? Remember those things that used to stick in? Well, even on four strokes, they were doing them. Those those things you'd press into the the carburetors that would like split the, the splitter, yeah, yeah, splitter kind of change the the air velocity or something in the in the thing. Yeah, so he's talking about it. it it's there. There are spacers that went in there, and sometimes they were in front of the carburetor, and sometimes they're in the back of the carburetor. Eric Krippa, <laughs> Barkmaster, Barkmaster, Barkmaster. He he can make the splitter work. For yeah, sure. but you have to rejet for them, and they're. I mean, I I've run them before, and sometimes they help, and sometimes they hurt. And but anyways, but the torque plate. So when you start. Uh, spacing the carburetor back uh, tended to uh, depend. It depended on the bike and the application. Sometimes it gave it a little bit more low end grunt, but it definitely would. It was it was a, a plus and minus. You know, I've I've run them before, and sometimes if you needed a little more grunt, you'd put them on, and you'd uh, move it uh, back. You know, put it back to stock. And generally, the stock was pretty good and rideable. So um, yeah, I have I have used them, but not on the. Uh, 200 but that's what it does um generally sends the power down a little bit lower in the uh in the power band for the most part roughly uh i don't know about these bald guys you got to watch out for them that's why i wear a hat all the time so you can't tell that i'm bald uh sid mosley i love your show you talk about interesting talk topics sid i love you (laughs) just just straight up that's that's good um uh Johnny Campbell, are you Jamie? Are you or Jamie? Jamie? Jamie Campbell, that's your brother. Racing in Dakar and the Talon. 
Oh, uh, that's negative. Negative. You know, you're down there. We, we won't we won't count it out for the future. But hey, you know, my job at Dakar is is uh, I just drive Ricky's motorhome around, cook a little breakfast for him, rub his shoulders a little bit, tell him he's doing great. Uh, somebody wants to race, uh, race for titles. My kid could use a 250L. It's probably one of our comments we were talking about. Uh, Chris Real says, Johnny, good to see you on the show. If you get a moment, talk about the value of being, uh, let's see, the value of being a product of a mentoring program and what you have learned from it. Oh, the product of a mentoring program. Yeah. Now, um, with you being one of the longstanding guys, who are you mentoring and what can you tell the young guys about learning in the industry? That's an excellent question, Chris. Chris Rial. Yeah. Uh, well, we could talk. Oh, you need some of this. Huh? Yeah, I'll, you talk. It's your <laughs> question. Well, I could say that uh, I had an amazing mentorship uh, through the legend Bruce Ogilvie. Uh, he, you know, he took me under my under his wing when I was like 21 years old and, you know, taught me everything about racing, everything about four strokes and how to race craft and, you know, how to talk and, you know, what to say, what not to say. And so for me, it, the mentorship has been, you know, an amazing journey that's helped uh, my success in my, in the racing career and personal life and just my business career and everything. And so for me, it's been a great ride and, and, uh, I couldn't say I would be here and, you know, at this point in my career without, without Bruce and without, you know, many of the mentors, Chuck Miller. And I listened to, you know, one of the things that's really, was really important to me was just listening before you speak and, um, just absorbing all the knowledge and experience from, from guys that have been there and done it before you. Um, even Jimmy Lewis, Jimmy Lewis, Taught me how to trail ride. I didn't te tell you how to listen before to speak. <laughs> no, but I learned that before I met you. So, <laughs> tell what, what's what's the name of your movie? Uh, so I do have a movie about my career and life and stuff. It's called True Champion. Um, I didn't I didn't name it, but uh, yeah. other people named it. But so. it, it it does a really good job of telling that story. Yeah, it tells a, a great job of the the career and uh, and the life and and my uh, you know my morals and values and and what I believe and stuff. And uh, so yeah, you can go to you know True Champion and you can see what that that's all about. George has got that link. He's pounding it in right now in the keys. <laughs> And then also, uh, you know, who the other part of the question was who my mentor and whom, you know, I've I've been I've had the you know opportunity to mentor several several racers uh, coming up, and I mean, there's a couple in this room right now, you know, Kendall Kendall, Kendall Norman, and <laughs> I met Kendall when he was 19, and you know, we he took him trail riding with us. Yeah, he you know he grew so, up he grew up trail riding. He's a good trail rider. Well, in all honesty, and this is, this is a true story. In all honesty, we were out riding, and I was riding my Husaberg. I remember this. We were riding out in this place we used to ride, and we were up on these ridges, and we were going down these downhills, and they're progressively getting kind of more and more gnarly. And Kendall went by me like three or four times, and like you know, once or twice you can kind of get away with just based on like luck, and not, and not die. And I mean, he was going by me at a speed. You know, it was it was like you know we weren't going that fast, but just technical. I'm like going, this guy is freaking phenomenal. 
I mean, you were literally the first guy that impressed me at like trail riding. And I'm not, I'm not yanking your cord here. I've told you this before, haven't I? Yeah. And, <laughs> and he was just, it was you. And the second one was Torsten, um, Torsten Bostrom, both guys that you brought around. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I'm just like, where do these guys get their balance, their their terrain reading, their skill? And I used to race with uh, Kendall's dad. Um, he was he was quite a bit older than me, probably the same distance and age that we are apart. And uh, and I remember when Kendall was like riding around a little Z50, crashing into the tires in his dad's truck <laughs> out at the <laughs> desert before the Enduro. So it's a it's a yeah, a couple. There's there's been a few. Now you got your kid too. Yeah, no, Preston's coming up, and, uh, you know, professionally, we, you know, uh, we're working with Ricky Brayback now, and Ricky, you know, he's getting ready to go out at the Dakar again, and, and it's a big task, and that's part of, you know, what what uh, you and I have been able to get together and, and share our experiences with Ricky and, and try to, you know, improve him and, and uh, raise the level of what he's doing in his craft, Um based on a lot of your rally experience and, and mine and, and, you know, and now Kendall's, you know, built around and helping us out in that program too. Cause we all want to see an American win Dakar and, and, you know, and we feel that Ricky has, has the best chance at the moment. And, uh, you know, so we're all putting in that effort and it's kind of interesting though, you know, Bruce, Bruce Ogilvy, you know, grabbed me and then we've been able to, you know, bleed that into Kendall and Ricky and, you know, yeah. now, now Preston's coming up and yeah, you, so. it's, it's like, and you think about it, you know, you surround yourself with people that were successful and, and it's not so much you're going to, a lot of times it's, <laughs> you have to make your own mistakes, no matter what you're doing, you're going to go make your own mistakes, but to have somebody like generally tell you that you're going to make that mistake before you do it. And then you're thinking, oh, that old guy, shut up. What do you know? <laughs> and then, and then you do exactly what he said and then you just come back with your tail between your legs. And then you're actually willing to, like you said, listen yeah. quite a bit. And you definitely were a lot, a lot better at that um, than I was. <laughs> <laughs> 11 Baja wins don't come easy, <laughs> especially yeah, those kind of wins. Um, so uh, let's see, let's roll down some of their questions. Uh, uh, J- when will JCR ride the Nora Mexican 1000? Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's definitely interesting to me to, to, uh, you know, obviously I, I like going down to Mexico and riding and racing and, and all that stuff, but I don't know. Nora sounds fun, but I don't know. We got to make it fit in the schedule. You know, we're busy racing and doing all our professional stuff and so. Hey, um, Brad Lou, he, I think he asked the question about the, uh, uh something about there, but he said, uh, haven't been on a Honda for a long time due to KTM and he starts and he's joking. He says, now I'm going to test a 450L. It might be the new modern DRZ 400. That's actually a pretty good, um, assessment of that bike. What did I, what did I call it? No, I called it a modern XR650L and they got mad at me because, <laughs> because it really is. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's kind of that bike that's probably going to be the same for a long time. And how long has that 650L been going? Since '93. Yeah, that's 93. Mitch's favorite bike. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you know that I think the the 450L the effort was put into it as far as the the technology and the durability and the you know the new six speed transmission and you know that bike will be a great bike for a long time and it's it's on that genealogy of honda performance and dependability you know so i could see that model being around a long time and it's 
it's going to build a legacy just like the old XR series. Yeah. I mean, and you, when like, like there's people that are big fans of, you know, certain bikes, you know, I was known to really like XR 400s, you know, you, you not so much, you're XR 600 guy, but, uh, there's certain bikes that people just gravitate towards and, and they like them. And, and the DRZ 400 is another great bike. Another bike that I used to get bashed on for, they're like, you don't like the DRZs. And I was like, <laughs> I, he, we're not kidding. When we talked about earlier that, that I used to take it riding all the time because I, I, I preferred the electric start. I don't think it did that much stuff better than the, it was the worst hill climbing bike known to man <laughs> because the seat on it actually slopes up against the gas tank and you can't get forward on it. It's just kind of a, you know, weird thing, but, uh, um, yeah, you know, you, there's certain bikes that people like and, um, uh, I guess I, if I, do I like the 450L or do I not like it? I can't tell. I don't remember. I thought it was okay. I loved it. I loved it. Ricky said, I like the X. Yeah. I like the X for the desert. Um, let's see, Johnny, another question for you at this year's Baja 1000, the bikes got beat by one and a half hours. How much speed are the bikes losing to the trophy trucks in the bigger hoops? I'm guessing at least 25 miles an hour. Yeah, I think in the open desert sections, that's that's easy to say they lose 25 mile an hour. You know, the truck deck technology is has advanced so far in the last several years. You know, they're they're using 39 inches of wheel travel with 40 inch tires. They have a lot of ground clearance. They have 900 horsepower, and you know the bumps are haven't gotten any smaller in those areas, and so in order for a guy on a bike, you know, to be going over those whoops and that type of terrain with the rocks and stuff stuck in the ground. And you have to take some precaution and, uh, the trucks are just excelling in, in that condition. Now, with that said, you know, those big high horsepower trucks aren't so, you know, they're not so gracious uh, up in the mountains uh, above, above mics and, and, they have a lot of roll and pitch to them. And so the bikes can still go a lot faster in, in a two-track situation. Um, but open desert, yeah, the trucks are... And the reason the reason they didn't they got beat by an hour and a half because you're not racing. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, 11 ball wins. Yeah. All, yeah. O- all overalls. All overalls. Um, and, and the other thing is the, the bikes did start at night, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, the bikes have a... And they don't have nearly the lights that these yeah, <laughs> mobile the football, football stadiums, stadiums yeah, <laughs> yeah. have these days. Yeah, uh, and, you know, so the bikes have, you know, three more hours of dark uh, right off the bat. So you got to be really cautious. So. Yeah. Um, I saw some other... I saw another uh, good question here. Um, I just bought a new bike, a 19450X, and I'm building it into a desert race bike finally. I sold my 05X. Are you putting an R cam in when you're doing some head work? Uh, Clint Chu asked this about the the new X. Uh, yeah, you know the the new X. There is uh, a few shops and stuff out there that can do some hop up work to to the X's. Um, you know, like for instance, our mint bike. We used um, a RX 450 RX slash r camshaft in it and r r r x cylinder head and um we did some mild porting and um you know of course we're uh you can use a aftermarket ecu and stuff to be able to tune that because once you open it up you got to have more fuel and you know so it's it's like a whole 
it's a whole package. Yeah, you got to do it all, all all together. You can't just, you know, even just adding a pipe to your 450X, the ECU is, is locked and it's not tuned for that. And so your drivability is going to be worse with an that's, aftermarket that's pipe. That's exactly what we found. And so you have to have some sort of tuning device or a uh, different uh, aftermarket ECU in order to hop up the X and, um, you know, or, or the L for that matter. Uh, Johnny, Mike Spurgeon asked, Johnny, can you talk about the KTM effort in Baja? <laughs> I, um, I, I guess I, I'd, you ask, don't have to. <laughs> I'd ask for a little more specific uh, <laughs> details, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say. You were busy with your efforts. Yeah. Um, let's see. Todd Kelly asks, I'm very tempted to get an AJP PR7 rally, a $10,000 Portuguese-made bike set up with some pretty good components. I assume that most people haven't heard much about it, but is there anything you would be interested in testing? I've actually ridden one, believe it or not. Um, a, uh, a Linden from Seat Concepts had one, and so I putted it around. And... Um, uh, it was as heavy as it looked, <laughs> which, uh, but it had a nice chug, chug, chug kind of motor to it. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't really spend a lot of time on it. I just kind of put it around real quick just to get a feel for it. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm always interested in testing stuff. It's just, you got to make some more time for me. Robert Miller asks, John needs to wheel the XR 628 R twin pipe into the studio and fire it up. Uh, that bike has never been on the internet. Uh, you mean the sound of it? <laughs> I've got the XR100 twin pipe in the garage that we could wheel into the studio and fire up. But uh, um, let's see. Not anything else. Let's see. I need one more gear on my CR500. Uh, that's Victor. Victor is uh, one of our – Victor, you need to get me your address so I can send you that gear, by the way. Um, Victor is a longtime listener. He makes popsicles. And he used to be at the finish of the King of the Motos with popsicles. That's how I met this guy. Really cool. And uh, and and he's a CR five hundred. He rode an XR four hundred in uh, Barcelona, Vegas, wearing Levi's. Yeah, <laughs> did, did, did pretty good. Very raw. Uh, and he's a CR five hundred guy. So you're I, a CR five hundred guy. I wore out a few of those things. <laughs> yeah. Let's I was see. Sixteen years old racing CR five hundreds. Yeah. Let's see. Um, let's see. Stoke Johnny Campbell's on the show. Yeah, me too. Um, I think, okay, good. Your, 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 uh, documentary got put up there. George did his job. Okay. Why won't Honda make a 450 rally? I don't mean a super expensive replica of Ricky's bikes, just like the current 250 rally with a 450 engine. This is Jesse. He asks questions all the time. I, uh, I can't answer that. They showed, <laughs> they showed it at um, Eichmann or one of the shows last year in Milan or something. They mm -hmm. showed a concept of that. It was a Honda one too, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Red Moto makes one. Yeah, there's yeah. a kit. There's a good yeah, kit that you can make. Red Moto in, in Italy makes a a pretty nice looking kit to, you know, put on a 450L. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you want to talk about a good-looking bike. That CRF250L, by the way, Baja Diaries and um, and Mark Kapoloff, I never say his name right, but I do my best, uh, just did a video. I actually need to upload it onto our site. But he has a, a, a CRF250L rally that he just went riding around in the east, eastern Sierras on, and he's been posting some stuff up on our social media. So, I mean, that is a good-looking bike. I, I mean, I wish the tanks were a little bit bigger, but then again, I mean – you, you know how how far are you really going to go on that? 
Um, so uh, let's see. It says Johnny was the changing of the guard between the XR six hundred, XR six fifty, and Sierra four fifty X. Talk about that evolution. Well, when I uh, first came into Honda Off Road, you know the XR generation was considered their off road racing bike or off road bike. You know they didn't race CR two strokes off road. Honda was really, uh, I guess you could call them politically correct or whatever, and and we raced four strokes before anybody did. Um, well, and, in in that time, in that time, remember, remember what what did what, what did Bud Eakins and and the, were they, correct and it was Al Baker where they were riding down there. Yeah, correct. Yeah. It was it was. In that time in the eighties, five hundred two strokes, eighties and early nineties, everything was you know fire breathing two strokes, and so when uh, when we went off road racing, Honda promoted their XR series, you know, so we, you know, the evolution of going from the air cooled XR six hundred to the water cooled XR six fifty R was, we couldn't build any more power to compete against the two the two uh the two strokes and uh into the xr we tried it i mean we jimmy and i raced in what was it 95 90, and and on 96 the, is know, when we raced the detonator yeah our, our 620 <laughs> at least it finished you know we yeah we built we we built 680s out of xr 600s and we built 650s we built 628s but we couldn't get them to live. You know, we'd have Just great, heat. yeah, we'd have great horsepower, but you know, you ride the thing like a hundred miles and then the, it couldn't get rid of the heat. And so we were at the limitation of our machine and being able to compete. And so that bred all the technology into the XR650R to be able to go beat the competition on two stroke 500s. And so, you know, we made a water cooled xr and that was a really uh uh, you know groundbreaking thing in the honda uh legacy and so uh once you know when i i when that bike was in development and i finally got invited to come out to a test i rode that engine i was like bruce give me that engine i'll win every race you know and it was and that bike was revolutionary for my career because i was able to to go and compete against uh you know then, the, then the four-stroke 400s, the motocross four-stroke 400s, were starting to replace some of the 500s because yes. the 500s were definitely going away. I mean, they yeah. were, they were, they, you know, the KX 500 like was kind of the only one really around. Yeah, and so when the when the XR 650 came out, yes, it was it was a big four-stroke, you know, long-stroke motor. It was so nice and really easy to ride, and but it was heavy and big, and then the motocross you know, four stroke generation came along and they were able to make more efficient power, you know, lightweight, you know, quicker handling, uh, four strokes. And so that pushed Honda to build. And right about the same time that the truck started getting really powerful, the truck suspension started getting really good. And especially in Baja, the bumps got, they, they changed. Yeah, I mean, it changed from XR650. And I remember, cause I was kind of blown away that you were going to a 450 and, and then I hadn't ridden down in Baja for a while, and then I like went down, and I'm like, I wouldn't want to ride a 650 on the race course anymore. Yeah, you needed you needed a lighter weight, quicker handling, quicker acceleration, uh, quicker stopping. That was a huge thing because you had so much less weight. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, so that it was just an evolution of, 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 uh, technology and conditions. And so we needed to ride, we needed to have a weapon that, that fit the courses we were racing. Yeah. You know, and that, that brought us to the more modern generation four strokes that we see today. So let's see, Johnny, how does Ricky and other Dakar riders, uh, get enough sleep to go day after day? I mean, limited sleep means mistakes. Interesting how Ricky trains and gets things done. Interested in how Ricky trains and gets things done with limited sleep. He's sleeping on the wall right over here because he's bored of our <laughs> podcast. He had pizza and tacos. He trained with pizza and tacos tonight. He's on a, he's on a you're on a how many day bender of riding and driving? couple weeks now <laughs> yeah so it's 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 training um yeah so because because johnny campbell drives his motorhome around and makes some eggs in the morning at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning that's why yeah yeah no i you know for for a rally racer say of, of ricky's caliber you know it's his lifestyle he he rides he navigates he you know rides all day long and you're doing that day after day, and that's what a rally is. It's it's just day after day grind, and you get during the rally you get more sleep de- deprived and fatigue sets in, and so you have to really more than anything. And Jimmy will attest to that. It, it's it's a mental game. You know, you're you're yes, you your physical goes down, but you have to be strong mentally to know that you know. Okay, I can't just do this physically. And to, to, uh, to be a rally racer, you have to be mentally strong, you know, and just like in Baja too, is in those long stints, like we used to do, we used to, Jimmy and I won the Baja 1000 by splitting it in half, you know, basically I rode half, he rode half. And And his other time you made me give you a break in the middle of your ride too, uh, but I still had to ride my half. Yeah. I had to get, but it was at night. I had to take a leak or something. But yeah, I, I just say the same thing. I mean, it's, it's when you're, it, a lot of it's, it's practice and preparation. It's, it's getting, it's putting, it's beating yourself up a little bit when you're training. So you put yourself in these situations. So when it comes along, I always used to like to train to the level. So when I was racing, racing was easy. Training was hard. And, and so, um, you, 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 you kind of do that, but it's also, you know, at, at their level, at Ricky's level, even when I was racing, I mean, when I, you know, I raced as a factory rider in Dakar and you did it as a private rider. We did it the same year. And Johnny used to hang out with me because this, that little extra level of attention that we, you know, factory riders would get, like he would finish the stage and I'd finish the stage and I, I had access to food. Cause, cause like my press guy, or I had, I had buddies in the airplane, the, 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 the airplane that actually had some food that they brought in. And otherwise you're waiting until they serve dinner at seven o'clock when everybody else gets there. And it's like little things. It's like, it's just little things that you, that you learn from experience. And then also just, you know, you know, being tough and knowing also knowing when you're, when you're beat down, you almost have to take a day off, but you still got to race. You know, you've got to just get, <laughs> you got to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, and it's strategy and knowing, you know, knowing when you're strong, when you're not strong, when your competition's strong. So there's a, there's a lot that, there's definitely a lot yeah. that goes into there's that. There's a ton of self-management uh, that goes along with that type of racing. Yeah. Uh, you still get pretty good sleep. Do you, you got a motorhome this year? Yeah. Motorhome. Motorhome. We haven't Motor- got a, we haven't got a bigger one this year. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know, you want to know how big my tent was on Dakar? Single. 
Yeah, it was like half of that book cabinet. <laughs> so, uh, mattress pad. I had a, I had the thick one. Everybody's jealous of my mattress pad. I had the the big thick one. Uh, let's see. Victor says I own the 650R and the 600R. Why does the 600R feel stronger and crisper than the 650? Sounds like a 650's worn out. Yeah, yeah. It could be worn out. It could be just the way it's tuned. Um, you know, maybe the 600's fresh or just tuned better or you know maybe you got some vp fuel in one and <laughs> ate all the gaskets in the carburetor. In the <laughs> uh, ramon wants to know uh mint 400 in 2020 mint 400 2020 you know it's it's going to actually team with the uh nhha the national hare and hound championship so the pro riders will all be solo riders um there you know there's still team classes but um, it's going to be interesting, I think. And, uh, you know, we're tentatively planning to be there, but, uh, we haven't firmed up those plans yet. Right on. Um, let's see. Um, Johnny, have you ever picked up that XR 600 like Scott Summers used to? <laughs> no, I was never that strong. You know, I think, uh, Scott was, uh, he was a phenomenal athlete for sure. And, he trained a lot of strength training. I never really trained a lot of strength training. I did a lot of endurance stuff, and I just, I just wasn't motivated to do that. So no, I couldn't pick it up. Never. I tried. wasn't never motivated to pick up an XR six hundred either. Though, never, never tried. I did. I did the same photo with an XR two fifty actually at his house for a story I, I did. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. Those <laughs> things weigh almost the same. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky. I still have a back. Uh, Justin Brady wants to know why can't Honda not have a six-speed 450 RX? Ah, oh, it's a good question. I like how you're thinking. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Good. Um, let's see. Bob's talking about how he soloed the Baja. I, did, Bob, did you win Baja on a quad or something once? Maybe. Um, let's see. Robert Miller, Jimmy, it seems to me that Johnny is leading the off-road renaissance of Honda with the all-new and well-designed models they have released. My suspicion is Johnny is behind this, but does Johnny go to Japan frequently to help with new models? <laughs> uh, actually, I don't. I don't go to Japan very often. I've been there, yes. Um, but, uh, you know, my, our ideas and, and input from racing and and what we see in the public and what the public wants and stuff. We, we give that input to Honda and, and obviously they've answered because we've come out with some really great models in the last several years. And, um, you know, we got the 450L, the RX, the new X, and, you know, I've done a lot of testing and evaluating and, and helped with some of the stock settings and stuff on those bikes. Uh, but as far as my, you know, leadership and complete input, you know, there's, there's a more of a team that goes along with that. Send and, your kid over there. And yeah. Yeah. It's Preston. Preston does it. <laughs> Preston does all of no, it. Preston, Preston goes to Ohio. He, Ohio. <laughs> he slogs in the mud and four wheel vehicles. <laughs> so, uh, Mike Spurgeon asks, do you get the same level of satisfaction in a win as a team owner as you did as a rider? Um, it, you know, for me, it's actually more challenging to, to win as a team owner. Um, I think that when I was felt like, no, it's way easier. You just blame the rider, <laughs> but I do, but I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoy being the racer, being the athlete, being, you know, that, that position for me was really, um, 
where I felt my calling was and, and I wouldn't trade those times for, for anything. And, you know, you get to a point in your career where it's like, do you really want to take these chan- these risks and, and stuff like that? And so you got to listen to those small voices and, and stuff. So the next best thing is, uh, you know, if you want to keep racing, you, you put it in the hands of a capable guy like Ricky Brabeck. My wrist told me I couldn't race anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Josh Slay asks, I wonder if that's the same Josh Slay that's the surfer guy. That did Josh, the, the, Josh Slay's a, a hooligan. He's, he's a flat he's tracker. A hooligan flat tracker now? He, yeah, he has the Grinch. Like he, he surfs like with a cable. Yeah, the cable surfing. Yeah, that's, yeah. I know, that, I know that's Josh. That's guy. Server cross. What do you think about the guys racing the Harley Sportster in the Mint 400? So that goes right along. <laughs> do, do you have a thought about that that you want to make public? <laughs> Hold on. That was a good that was a good sip. <laughs> mm. Well, see, you're, you're see, you're supposed to tie. I was trying to get one. Yeah, see, yeah, my, yeah. My, we kind of bogged there. Yeah, sorry. the guys over there kind of didn't weren't. Uh, but George came through like usual. Thank but, you, George. But Josh, you know, but Josh understands. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Harley Sportster. Were those the Warrior guys that did that? I think it was the Warrior guys. Yeah, yeah those I, guys. I, I, you almost cleaned one of them out. I didn't. Yes, you did. I was in the helicopter. I saw, <laughs> dude. You were going like you were going like ninety, and one of those guys was going about twenty five in the sand wash, and you pulled out to to do him, and he hit a little thing and went sideways. That was uh, that was Mark. Um, that was my buddy. Uh, yeah, that was my buddy. yeah. You. It was. It was. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I saw. I was. I wish I had the camera running on that one. It was. It was some kind of big junkie bike. It's almost as dumb as riding a BMW. All, all, all I gotta say is, Josh. Sand. Josh, you should try it. There's the challenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you have if you have a Cooligan bike, it's got to be good at the uh, at the thing. Yeah, Bob noticed the low tide signal. Um, let's see, John, uh, Steve Conklin, uh, let Honda know that the folks there is support for a six speed. I would sell my 450x for a six speed, basically any day. Um, it's like an old 450x. Uh, I. I th- I, I think he was I, implying he wants, I think he, he wants it in the RX. Yeah. He, well, the one guy said RX. I okay. I mean, because the, the new X has the has the six-speed. Yeah, correct. So I I I don't think it would hurt an RX one bit. It'd make it a way better desert racing bike. Yeah. For for me, I I I, I would love the RX to, to have one, but... Uh, Be able to go faster and slower. Yeah, you got to, you know, it's it's all budgetary and, you know, commonality of, of what, what works for the company, so... Yeah. Um, oh, Eric Kudla joined. Eric. Uh, Eric's. Uh, he's a competition off road competition guy at AMA now. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Oh just no! Tech- now, now the AMA is watching me. Oh my. That's gosh. it. We're in trouble now. <laughs> 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 I'm going to lose my lifetime membership. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Can, can Is it possible to lose that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably with me. Yeah. What, what do you think, Eric? <laughs> yeah. Um, congrats to Preston Campbell on w- this weekend's win at the District 37 Sprint Enduro. Uh, that's his first overall District 37 race, right? Yeah, that's his first overall. It was pretty uh, pretty exciting, you know. And he, you know, Preston's been kind of building toward this uh, uh, this type of riding where it's it's the conditions and and uh, stuff aren't perfect, and you know, it was raining, it was kind of muddy. They were in. Uh, mesquite trees kind of like Takati. it's a in that the area they raced was a lot like where he rides close to the house and so it made a lot of sense that he did that well and and plus the 250 rx is a really good bike for that 
type of terrain. I remember we did the intro there, like literally down yeah. the street. Yeah. And and I was like, it's funny because I, I thought that the conditions that that ride and stuff made that bike feel better than it was kind of sort of thing. But in going, you know, testing it more, I was like, that's a good bike. I mean, that out of, I think out of all of the, I mean, I like the 450X a lot, but I really like this. The the 250RX surprised me more than any of the any of the other bikes. I mean, because yeah. it wasn't like the CR. It didn't feel as high strung, but it had the great handling character that that bike had and um, stuff like that. So um, I heard another question for you. Um, the CR Fly now is the three-mode traction control. Are your riders using it? Um, actually, that's in the 2020s has the 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 – the traction control. Well, they so, wouldn't be using it. They'd only be using one of them because there's no way they're pulling off the side of the track to push the button to change <laughs> it, right? No, but in certain <laughs> circumstances, yes, it, it it is used. But um, you know, right now, actually, we don't we we're not even racing that mode, those modes yet. So, yeah. So we're still on 19s. Oh, it is 20. Is it 20? No, it's not 2020 yet. It's almost 2020. It's almost 2020. I forget what year it is because we ride in 2020 yeah. six months ago. And, you know, trying to figure out, you always get confused on that stuff. Um, yeah, it, it, okay, so if there's one thing I do complain about on the Hondas is, like, the, the different modes. It's like you have to go through a ritual to change it. You know, I wish you could just push a button. I, I've said this out loud a lot before. Just push the button, like the Yamaha or the KTM, where you just you instant switch. So, because, I mean, the, the modes work. And that's the one thing that they have improved. They've, they have improved. Their modes have been, become more useful and better. But you still have to like pull in the clutch and get the damn bike to zero RPM, which is you got to jump a really long ways to do that in the air. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I hear you. <laughs> Wait, can't you just take that over to Japan next time? I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> See, Johnny gets beat up like this all the time. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I can really um, uh, make that much of a difference. Uh, but anyways, uh, we've we've gone we've gone our full hour except for our cutout. Um, we actually nobody asked to call in. I don't think. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if we got any other questions. Anybody seen anything else pop up there? Same Looks pretty. Well, uh, I I think one of the one who's of the faster, main... Preston or Johnny? That's an obvious question. Hey, I'm how many just... Bajas has Preston Campbell won? <laughs> Preston hasn't won any Bajas. Yeah, but. I'm just I'm known as Preston's dad. <laughs> yeah, the kids don't even know anymore. Yeah, and I, I but I I think one one topic that's uh, really interesting not right now because of the season is that Dakar is coming up. You know, um, Ricky and I are leaving on the 28th. Uh, Skyler's here training. Um, you know, we're we're going to be going over to Saudi Arabia. It's a new whole new venue for uh, for 2020 and. Uh, it's going to be really exciting being in a new land, a new place for uh, for this style of race. The 30th country that that uh, race has run through. I saw that on the on the uh, notes that I was picking up. I've been looking at, uh, been studying the navigation and their description of stages and stuff, just trying to help us for the training, try to figure out what we can what we can do better. So. Uh, okay, I think we've uh, we've kind of anything else you you want to you want to. Plug your sponsors, Johnny. Do you have sponsors? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, <laughs> I think that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I just read. Yeah, my wife posted something here. 
self-serving question. Yeah, Heather, Heather, want, Heather wants to plug the sponsors? No, no. You keep plugging your sponsor. I'm sorry I laughed. No. <laughs> uh, uh, Heather has a question for you. She says, what kind of wife do you need to have support for your racing efforts all those years? <laughs> I guess one like Faye that stood out in the rain all day at the sprint enduro just for her kid to race and win, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you weren't there? No, I was down training with Ricky and Tenora. Actually, I wasn't. I was eating really good food, and he was out busting his butt in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, this question is probably for Ricky and Johnny. How was the Sonora Rally Navigation School? Uh, it was fun. You know, they they uh, actually had a couple of really good road books, and uh, you know, it, usually when you do a school, sometimes it's a little bit slow. And and stuff and it's repetition for for Ricky and guys like Skyler that have been down there. But um, but overall, just getting time in the sand dunes, just keeping time on the bike, staying sharp. Another and, map book made by another person. Yeah, it's just what it's, it's all about. It's you know, good for training. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it, Ricky. Any riding tips? You got any riding tips this episode? Because people still want the Ricky Ribic riding tips. <laughs> yeah, and pro riders, listen to those guys for this for the riding tips. So, okay, everybody, uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up because we gotta get up at the crack of dawn. And how many k's tomorrow? Did you add it up? Five, five forty. Five hundred forty k's tomorrow. Five hundred forty k's. It's and, gonna be a good long day. And I'm gonna, yeah, they, they're let they they're letting me ride. I get to ride tomorrow, so uh, I'm gonna make perfect navigation. And they're never going to catch me. And they're so lucky that I'm not on a Husaberg 570. Because <laughs> do, you know, do you know how fast I would – I'd be laying down. Like, actually, it'd be really easy to follow because it just carves a trench in the ground. The problem is, is it doesn't have a big rally tank, and it would run out of gas, and then they'd have to come and pour gas out of their and, tanks. And the so my paddle tire. <laughs> yeah, there's no paddle tire on that. I keep a freshie on that thing. So, hey, uh, thanks for joining, guys. Awesome questions uh, for Johnny. Uh, it sounds like we're going to have to have him back one of these times. Maybe when he, when him and Ricky come back from Dakar, I will just uh, sit them down here, and I'll just sit over on the side and drink tequila, and I'll let them talk because they're going to have some super awesome stories. Uh, maybe Skylar as well, right? And uh, so for everybody here at uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday Dirt Bike Test, Thanks a lot, and we will see you out on the trail. Cheers. <laughs>